changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. Welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, Rex and I had a great conversation with Jake and Caroline. They are the co-founders and siblings founders of Fair Harbor, um, just in a really cool company where they are converting plastic bottles that we see in the oceans. We hear about you know these plastic garbage islands um, in the rivers, we're everywhere. These re- uh, single-use plastic bottles are converting them into swimwear, shorts and bathing suits and whatnot. Really cool conversation. Great to hear their story of how they got started, their trials and tribulations, and where they're at today. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Is a fun conversation and an inspiring conversation at the same time because uh, you know they, as most entrepreneurs know, they just figured it out as they went. And I love this the ingenuity side of things, and um, they share some great stories about you know how they've had to work around different problems that come up or how to improvise, uh, you know, on the spot. And they did it while in high school and in college. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone that thinks they might be too busy to, you know, run with that idea they have, definitely worth listening to this one. Yeah, you're right. It was definitely two pronged in the sense that I feel like it's good for everyone listening to this podcast to be like, well, this is an awesome product and company. I should support them and buy their products. I mean, just because just because they look cool and what and how they do it. But on top of that, you're right. It's inspiring because it's it goes to show you that you can start a business based on your passion and what you want to do. I mean, neither of them were business majors. Neither of them were in the garment fields. Their parents weren't like in the garment fields. You know, they, they had to learn everything as they went. One thing I thought was really cool that Jake said is they hired a consultant from the beginning, which I feel like is something that a lot of people will um, overlook or not think about, but that can just move you light years ahead by bringing a consultant who's already done that type of work and get the ball rolling. So you're not having to learn everything on the fly. You'll learn some some stuff on the fly, but you'll at least have a a foot forward by that consultant. Yeah. I think a lot of people might be like, oh, that we can't afford a consultant from the get-go, but Mm -hmm. for how far ahead it will get you in the game, you know, it will make financial sense. So really great interview and um, inspiring Inspiring young people for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So hope you guys enjoy the interview. As always, make sure you're subscribing to this podcast so you can keep hearing about awesome people like Jake and Caroline. Also make sure that um, you're sharing these podcasts so we can help spread the word and you're following us on all of our social media platforms. And one last point, if you are doing something cool and you want us to interview you, don't hesitate to reach out to us, info at mycorneroftheuniverse.com, and we will go through the process of seeing if you could be the next guest on this podcast and share your passion and how you're changing your corner of your universe. All right. Today, we have the co-founders of Fair Harbor, a thoughtfully designed, ultra-comfortable beachwear line made from recycled plastic bottles welcome to my corner universe jake and caroline thanks for having us it's nice to meet both of you yeah we're excited to be here so thank you so how did you get an idea to turn water bottles into shorts yeah so i guess i can start from you know this inception of fair harbor why we started and, and you know why we do what we do um so Carolyn and I were siblings um, we grew up going to this place called fair harbor and fire island when we were younger um 
we're from New York and, and Fire Island is this, this special place. It's off the coast of Long Island. It's an island about 27 miles long, but only about a hundred yards wide. So when we were there, there's no cars in the island, just kind of boardwalks everywhere. We ride bikes around. Um, and when we were kids, that's where we learned to surf and fish and everything like that. Um, and, you know, when we were kids, we just needed a pair of board shorts or a swimsuit and we were in a pair of uh, bike and, and that was it. Um, as we kind of grew up, we started to notice more and more plastic waste washing up on our shores. Um, and, you know, didn't think much of it when we were younger, um, but really since Fire Island is a glorified sandbar, um, any plastic waste that was that ended up on the island went into the waterways of some sort. Um, so fast forward a bunch of years, went to Colgate University in 2012 and went in um, and played the cross and with the expectation of being an economics major, um, started taking some economics classes, but didn't really love it. Um, and then ultimately, I started taking some geography classes. And in this ge geography class, I started learning about global ocean currents, climatology, and then ultimately this plastic problem. And I was a sophomore at the time. And so I ended up doing actually an extended study with one of my professors. Um, and I studied the, the nitty grittiness and nuts and bolts of this plastic problem and what was happening, how it was affecting our environment, our overall health and, and us as humanity. Um, and then Caroline, I've been fast forward to my junior year. Um, I turned to Caroline, who is a uh, senior in high school at the time. And through part of my research, I found a mill that was actually converting yarn into plastic bottles. And so I turned to Caroline and I was like, we really need to do something about this problem. Um, so that's when the idea of Fair Harbor was born. Our objective was to create an incredible company where we use our company as a platform to promote the mitigation of single-use plastics by creating amazing products people want to wear and love out of those plastics as well. Awesome. I love it. That sounds like a pretty magical place. No cars. Yeah. It really is. It's such a quiet oasis, too. It kind of brings you back to the 1950s of simple summer living, where really, as Jake said, all you need is a bathing suit and a bike, and we were the happiest kids in the world. It kind of... <laughs> It goes back to the, all the raw elements of the island. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Is it so? It's uh, just beach houses then, since it's such a small. Yeah, really, just beach houses, and um, you know, you have to take a ferry to get over. Yeah, and okay. in the town of Fair Harbor too, there's only a small um, grocery store, Pioneers, an ice cream shop, and a general store. So there's really um, not too much else. Wow, that's Man. cool. So, Carolyn, you were a senior in high school, and you get this idea thrown onto you to let's hey, let's convert bottles into some sort of clothing material. What's your initial thought when you first heard that? What do you think it was crazy? Well, not at all, actually. Growing up, I was known as the tree hugger of the family, and I had also a fashion <laughs> blog all throughout middle school and high school. So it kind of this really did meld my two passions in life as well. So I've, um, it really did spark, uh, you know, a chord in me. And also because Jake and I both had their shared experiences in Fair Harbor, Fire Island, we really do share the same passion for wanting to protect the places that we all love through our company at Fair Harbor. Um, so no, I didn't think he was crazy. I totally dove in with him. And I actually went to Colgate after and studied geography as well. So um, it was right. a hard That's cool. awesome yeah. experience together. Was there was it a specific class within geography, Jake, that, that tipped you off? Or is it just the overall direction? Uh, so it was uh, physical geography. Um, and it's funny, people always think that um, you know, geography is studying maps. Um, but it's uh, it's actually a lot you know bigger than that. So it's in in terms of you know studying kind of 
the the world and how it interacts with each other both on a micro and a macro level um so i it's it's actually really interesting because there's two sides of geography there's physical geography and then there's also social geography mm-hmm. and i'm i ended up tending to be more towards like the science and the the physical geography that's what i was really attracted to and caroline was actually attracted more towards the the social geography and, and how you know people, people interacted with each other and What's super interesting about Colgate is that it, we didn't have a business degree or anything like that. So it's a liberal arts school. And I always like to say, we kind of, we learned how to learn and mm. we were really fascinated with all of the different science that, that we were learning. And, and um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say what really um, you know, sparked it was a physical geography class. We were learning about all these different um, physical elements of how they all interacted with each other, how like, you know, the polar vortex interacts with weather in New York to Florida to the rest of the world. So, um, you know, those are kind of things that, that I studied. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So talk to us a little bit about this turning a bottle part into an actual fabric that we can wear. Is that a detailed process? Does it take chemicals? Is it just, what does that look like? Yeah. So it's pretty, at the end of the day, all polyester is, is plastic. Um, and so most people don't know that. And so what we're doing is we're working with our mill to actually chop up the plastic bottles into little, um, shreds. And then we're taking those shreds and we're kind of putting into a machine and then shred them into these polyfibers. Then we take those polyfibers and we spin that into yarn and then we weave that yarn into fabric. And then we cut and sew those fabric, that fabric into our swimwear. And when we're talking yarn, we're talking like fishing line, like thin stuff, right? Very, very thin. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, you know, just like very thin yarn and um, very tightly woven. Yeah. They're not making sure people don't get the impression that these are like croquet uh, swimming shores. <laughs> it's like normal, it's normal, it's normal fabric. They like, you check out the website, everything looks like, like super like normal swim clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's why we really set out is to broaden people's perspective and awareness about how we can use post-consumer recycled plastic bottles and actually turn them into ultra comfortable garments that people want to wear that's durable and that lasts for years to come. And that isn't that, you know, that frayed crochet version that people mm-hmm. think about it. Um, so that's really why we wanted to get out um, and start Fair Harbor for that exact reason. We've custom blended all of our fabrics to make sure that they dry extremely quickly. They're very soft and comfortable. Um, so that's something that we've worked really hard to, to do as well. So I had walk a question us- too. Okay. I was going to real quick while you guys are talking about the, the fabric still um, were one of you guys, the designer or did you guys hire a designer to come up with the designs yeah. for the prints? So it's an interest. We have an interesting kind of, um, I guess, path of, of how we got to what we do now. Um, so at first when we, when we were in college, I was a junior um, when we first had our first production run and Caroline was a senior in high school, as I, as I alluded to, um, we didn't, know anything about apparel or manufacturing um so we hired a consultant who helped us put together we manufactured everything in guatemala i have some funny stories about that um but we didn't really know any 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 better and one of our number one objectives was in running an e-commerce company there's really two things that you have to do well you have to merchandise very well create an awesome product and you have to market very well and so we really wanted to learn both sides of those the industry um but product came first um that was our number one objective so we worked with the consultant for a little bit, but I just hated not having all lines of communication. So after I graduated from school, um, after I graduated from Colgate in 2016, I was working in my parents' basement, um, you know, the same house that we're in, in now, funny enough. Um, and I was like, I really need to learn this. So I applied through a program called the Brooklyn Fashion De- Design Accelerator, and that's through Pratt University. 
So Pratt University is a fashion school in Brooklyn, and they created this program um, because they weren't seeing enough environmental change from the big fashion brands. So they really tried to help aspiring entrepreneurs really learn the industry, and they try to you know, provide them some support. And so we had a sample. We, we had an office in Brooklyn. We had a sample room, and we had Pratt professors who would actually show us how to construct garments. Um, and so that you know, I spent a year and a half there, and that's where I really learned how to construct garments and, and build really, really high-quality pieces. And so that was one um, learning that we had. And then secondly, um, Carolyn and I, we, we really just took all of our learnings from our customers. So since we've started, we've done over 500 trunk shows. Um, so what that is is like literally taking a fold-up plastic table in the back of our car and dri- driving up and down the, the East Coast selling our products. And so, oh, yeah. Trunks um, and trunks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's a really for the past five years, Jake and I have been taking the summers to get out to the Nantuckets, the Martha's Vineyards, any beach town, just to kind of have these community footholds and yeah. just talk to people and get our products out there, seeing how we can improve these garments yeah. people like that they didn't and make constant iterations um, to try to improve it slowly, but surely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how we've, we've grown the, the business. So your office is the beach. Oh yeah, I like it. <laughs> you like to yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every smooth. yeah every beach trip is a business write off. You guys yeah. figure out a good way to just construct your business. I like it. So I mean, I probably don't even have to ask, but I imagine that when you guys are out on the beach, like the response has got to be great because it's people that are there. They you know they might see the plastic and they're like, wow, this is a great great you know overall business you guys are doing. Is that kind of how the how the response has been? Yeah, it's part of our business is we organize beach cleanups to engage our community and show them and help spread awareness about how these small little changes to their everyday life, whether it's bringing a reusable bottle or not asking for a plastic cutlery or whatever it is, can really Mm -hmm. broaden their awareness to how these small differences can make a big impact. And through these beach cleanups, last summer, actually, we went out to Sag Harbor. Um, We had a pop-up shop out there. And we just started to bring some friends and some customers together for a beach cleanup. And as we started to walk along the beach and pick up garbage, people were like, oh, what are, you, what are you guys doing? And all of a sudden, we started to explain what our company is, what our mission is, what we're trying to do, and how we're trying to make the world a cleaner and better place. And people got up out of their beach chairs and started helping us. That's they were awesome. like, but you can turn this into yeah. your products. So it was a really cool moment mm-hmm. for us to really show how both on a micro level our little everyday impacts can make a big difference, but then on so on a macro level, what our production and manufacturing processes are doing too. So it's kind of a cool um, intersection between these two paths. Very cool. So is it just the clear plastic bottles that work or is it more than that? Is um, So it is the plastic water bottles. You can also use soda bottles, but it has to be that PET bottle. Um, and the reason is, is that uh, density that um, actually converts it because it has to be consistent density, but you can use other colors. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, today so, we've actually recycled over 2.5 million plastic bottles. Uh, oh, I love that. Wow, is that on awesome. your website too? Uh, yeah, I think uh, we have a bottle counter on our website. Yeah. Okay, very <laughs> cool. Because yeah, that that's a cool stat. Um, so to kind of walk back to the beginning. So you got this idea, you, you're like, uh, let's get a consultant. You know, I mean, so what is those, you know, you have the idea of let's do this. What does that look like to kind of form the business? Kind of walk us through some of that. Yeah, so we, you know, I kind of alluded to earlier, we went to Colgate and it's a liberal arts school, so no business degree, anything like that. Um, and so we had, we were thankful and, and we had the opportunity to be part of um, 
Colgate's Thought into Action Incubator Program. So Colgate University, a bunch of alumni created a, a incubator program called Thought in Action, where they linked up aspiring student entrepreneurs with alumni entrepreneurs. So basically they would come in and they once a month or yeah, I think it was once, once a month um, they would come in and, and teach you about different you know, ways of starting a business. Um, and then every spring they had a mock shark tank competition. So in the spring of 2015, um, they brought in Jessica Alba, MC Hammer, Neil Blumenthal from Warby Parker, Jennifer Hyman from Month Runway. And those celebrities came and spoke to the university. And then we were one of the four student ventures that actually had the opportunity to go and pitch them um, for funding. And mm-hmm. so the university kind of gave them some money, some grant money, and then they could kind of give it to whatever company that they thought, um, you know, should, oh, very should cool. deserve the money. And so a- we ended up winning um, $20,000 to start the company. Yeah. That's cool. So how was that experience? Yeah. You know, you're in Jessica Alba has been incredibly successful. I mean, MC Hammer, like, well, what yeah. was that? Was it, was it a little uh, intimidating or how was it? Yeah, it was exciting. You know, um, it was actually, I, I was still a senior in high school during that time. Um, so to get in front of 2000, yeah, and there's also 2,000 students at Colgate. Oh, wow, wow, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so it, it was funny, too. Like, even Jessica Alba, who um, was the founder of The Honest Company, a sustainably focused baby company, had no mm-hmm. idea that you could actually turn plastic bottles into polyester. Um, so it was cool to have these conversations with people and hear what the feedback was and then also have the support of Colgate, um, both students and alumni all there. And it was just a really cool experience for us to get up there and show our vision and what we're all about and um, further our mission too. And we put that grant money towards our first production run after that. And also like incorporating yeah. company and, and all yeah. those things that you kind of asked, you know, about before. I could see how that could give you some really good momentum. Yeah. It, it was a crazy time though. I mean, I was about to graduate from high school. Jake was in the middle of his senior or junior lacrosse spring too. So he was running to a game the next day. I, so it, was, yeah. it was definitely chaotic. So it's, I think it also showed us that, you know, if we're passionate about something and it means a lot to us, we can make the time for it. And it's just up to us to, to do so. To get it done. Yeah, that's great. And so from there, you made your first run. Were you selling it locally? What what did that look like to like get some product in people's hands? Yeah, we, you know, it, it's funny. Um, so we, we launched our first 500. So we made, with that money, we made um, one style. So board short, five colors, a hundred of each color. So we had 500 total suits. Those landed in July and we sold out in 30 days. And uh, we like to joke that we sold it to the three F's, which is yeah. friends, family, and fools. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, we had no idea what we were doing, but yeah. um, they got behind us. And, and those people have, you know, were incredibly support, supportive and we're so thankful that they were able to get behind us. Um, and so, you know, we, we launched the, that collection. We sold out in 30 days and we're like, yeah, she might have something here. So then we launched Kickstarter in December of 2016. Okay, That's you cool. guys did so another crowdfunding. Yeah, I was curious too. Um, when you look back at that first run, have you guys done significant modifications to the product? And what were some of those early ones that you're like, "Gosh, that elastic we used was terrible," or <laughs> this and that like that happened? Things. Yeah. So <laughs> when I when I said I had some funny stories about our Guatemala manufacturing, um, so we we had uh, it was it was so interesting in our um, so we had a launch party early July. Um, 2015. We're so pumped. We just got all these swimsuits in. We invited all of our friends. Um, we had a party at the Delancey in, in lower Manhattan on the rooftop. It was like very summery, cool vibes. Yeah. Um, and uh, our, we had our moms, um, like we had another, you know, we had our, our friends and our moms actually selling um, the swimsuits on the top. And, and we had all our friends there, like 150 people. Yeah. And I go to the bathroom and I'm wearing a pair of board shorts and I go to the bathroom and I open up the fly 
and the Velcro comes off. Oh no. <laughs> and I realized oh. that on the pair I was wearing, they had actually the factory glued down the Velcro <laughs> instead of sewed it down. And, and he uh, never, yeah, he never really wore that. As you can imagine, you know, a, a board short, um, you can't really have a fly coming. It's a coming tough, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was our, we had our, thankfully we only sold 20 pieces um, at that time. And so that was our first learnings and customer service. Mm-hmm. We reached out to everyone who had purchased from us. We sent them a prepaid shipping label, got it back, took it to a local um, tailor who sewed them all the Velcro down instead of you know, sewed all those glued yeah. uh, Velcro pieces down. And then um, those are still customers we have today. So did that end the relationship with that Guatemalan factory or did you, how did you guys remedy that? Because I think it's just a good question of anyone who's in the spot of starting their business and they hit their first hurdle. How, how did you guys overcome yeah. that? You know, we just, we made it a huge point. We're like, this is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we made sure that the the Velcro that we use in the next production was so down. We used new Velcro. We made sure that none of it was glued. Um, and then actually after that, so we've gone through 10 iterations of, of product in terms mm-hmm. of our you know versions. Um, we don't even use any Velcro anymore. Now it's like a Lycra um, fastener and some of our mm-hmm. products have, you know, no fly. So um, we've learned a lot. We've come a long way and, and we just listen to our customers' feedback. But yeah, pro- product from, from back then looks a lot different than it does now. Nice. I love that. So it seems like uh, one of your main focuses on your website is design. Can you talk a little bit about design? Yeah, do you want to start it off? Yeah, I think that our main thesis ethos um, is everything is inspired by the lifestyle of Fair Harbor Fire Island. And really, we look through the lens of our company, through the lens of the place itself. And with all of our designs, we want to make sure that it's inspired by our environment, inspired by the waves and the sand and the sun and all these elements that scream summer and scream the soul of summer. And how can we evoke that emotion in our customers and what they're purchasing from us, that experience they're having, the community engagement events that we hold. So I think everything goes through that lens. Um, and I think that's where we pull our designs from too, is really just that soul of summer and that feeling of being on the beach, being under the sun, um, you know, smelling the barbecues at five o'clock and everything like that mm-hmm. is really what we try to bring um, to our designs. And yeah. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, I think in terms of like the actual product and, and mm-hmm. the versatility on them is, is you know, we kind of have a thesis about product. It has to, you know, it has to really serve a purpose. And um, it needs to, you know, our, our mission is we create products for you to enjoy the places that you love while protecting those places too. And, you know, when we say enjoy those places, we want to make you have, you know, a great time wherever you are. So that's why we make sure our shorts are extremely versatile. Um, you know, you can run in them, you can, you know, work out in them, surf in them, um, wear them to a you know, barbecue. So that's kind of like everything that we do is when, when we go into designing our products. Yeah, yes, so, I was going to say one of the things that I like just looking at your guys' features is I'm not a fan of Velcro on board shorts at all. And then, so I saw you guys had like a zipper back pocket and then just to have other pockets too, is just mm-hmm. like, that's uh, what board shorts, just lacking yeah. pockets. Notoriously like, under pocketed. Oh. <laughs> Bring back the nineties cargo board shorts <laughs> with the hammer, the hammer, uh, hammer remember pants? that? No, like the hammer strap, you know, that nobody ever used. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I, I saw those features on your guys' website and I was like, Oh, I like it. You got extra pockets, you know, you have no Velcro, like those two things like really for me stick out. Cause you know, I mean, um, they're just our pain points in a normal pair of, uh, board shorts. 
Thanks, Ian. I think that it's all been through these different iterations too, listening to what our customer wants and needs um, and what they're telling us because ultimately they're the best truth for that. Um, I think it's even gone back to our trunks. Um, so when we first started, we all of our traditional trunks, I don't know if you guys were trunks at all, um, but we heard- I think a, they call them volleys. You know, volley speedos, yeah. speedos usually for Rex. That's his- that's his <laughs> Well, if you guys are into volleys or trunks, um, you know, we heard incredible feedback that people were cutting out the mesh lining and there's been awful chafing and irritation and great mm-hmm. never People were like, mesh lining really ruined my vacation. Yeah, yeah. right. Lining's not good. The yeah. anecdotes that we heard, it got sometimes a little graphic. Yeah. <laughs> I've never worn them. But ultimately, we picked up on it. We're like, why has no one innovated the, swim sh- the swimwear category in decades and years? Um, so we actually replaced all of our mesh lining with our super soft built-in compression short liner, um, just leading with this comfort and versatility and mm. how we have one short where you can wear it all day long. And really that's, yeah, that's great. That's, that's cool. Tried to do with our shorts and, um, yeah, it's been a cool experience with it. Nice. So we'll go Rex. I was just going to ask, like you kind of talked about how you are doing the, the trunk shows. What other ways are you using to like uh, distribute your product? Are you in local stores in the Northeast or, how else are you guys? Is it just online? So that was how we first started, um, and then you know we're in about fifty retailers. Um, okay, but you know, I mean, our our biggest focus is our online business. Um, you know, really digitally marketing and and, and digital focused. Um, we also sell on jcrew.com. We sell on Nordstrom's.com. Um, and so, but again, our website is our main focus. And so, you know, digitally marketing, you know, partnering with different influencers, partnering with you know, we we do some radio advertising, things like that. Okay. Do you see that wholesale market as a place you want to move into? Um, like, let's say, I mean, obviously perfect. Like, let's say uh, like Macy's or something like that is like, Hey, we want to carry you in our whole, this whole region. Is that, is that a part of the vision for the company or would you like to keep it more online? Um, I think at the moment we want to keep it as online as possible. And, and the reason for that is, is kind of like what we're alluding to about our products and our customers. We want to have a relationship with our customers as much as possible. And D2C and online allows us to do that. So mm-hmm. we have a direct relationship with our customers. We can you know communicate with them. We can send them surveys about our product. We can hear product issues on a daily basis based on what they, what, what happens to, to the product. And so we really value that right now, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of expansion, I totally see us going, you know, the wholesale route, but again, this is a really tough time for wholesale and mm-hmm. um, you know, some brands have gotten burned and some people are going through a really, really hard time right now. So we just want yeah. to make sure that we're very cautious and we're thinking of all those, you know, retailers out there um, right now. Are you still sourcing from Guatemala, or is your guys is, has that changed over time? Uh, yeah, we've we've been we've manufacturing in a lot of different places. Um, we're manufacturing in Guatemala, Colombia. Um, we actually we tried to manufacture for a while in New Jersey in the U.S. Um, just couldn't really get the quality that we need. Now, so we manufacture everything in China. In okay. South Asia. And through that process, have you just been able to establish like? better lines of communication with your vendors as far as, you know, what they're providing you guys, or, I mean, I would imagine that you've kind of grown that process of exactly what you're looking for in a product. Yeah. We have two incredible partners that we work with over in Asia um, and vertically integrated. So we have great mills that are partnered with us in our factories. And, and thankfully we, we all are, we're a team. So we all work together to improve the product, make sure that, you know, quality control, which is our QC teams, everything that is on spec, um, our specifications in terms of our, our technical packs and everything like that. 
Um, so yeah, we work with them directly as possible and, you know, we wouldn't be able to scale without them. They're, they're been a great partner for us and, and they came to us when we were little and, and we're growing together. Nice. We kind of talked about it a little bit ago, but what's the overall future vision for Fair Harbor that you see? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've started off with men's swimwear and that's what we are going to win out. We want to be the best. And we, we believe that we do have the best swimwear on the market, that the, it's the most comfortable and versatile. And we're always going to stay focused with that. But we really see ourselves creating a full lifestyle brand around the place that we grew up and we love of Fair Harbor and continuing to, to iterate and evolve um, beyond just swimwear, but always kind of staying true to that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you want to add. And we have some really cool collaborations coming up too and just constantly evolving that that line um, while also staying there at the same time. Yeah, I was thinking, um, just because you mentioned collaborations, I don't know if you're going that route with businesses or individuals, but it just seems like the type of product that if the right celebrity learns about it or somebody learns about it and they start wearing and repping the product, it might not even be something that's a paid deal just because they believe in the mission. That's something that can really propel the brand forward. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, we're always looking for, you know, great people that believe in what we're doing to, to work with. I'll give you guys a uh, Laird Hamilton and Kelly Slater's phone number after the call. You know, you can call them up. As far as the, I mean, right now you did say you're just doing the swimwear is, are you guys doing any like shirts yet or other things that are outside of the, the trunks? Yeah. So the thing that we're really thinking about is we've done different shirts throughout the years. We've done hats, um, but how kind of our product thesis is, is premium everything, everything that we need to, everything that we make either needs to be hell yes or hell no. We need to love it. Um, and so we just came out with a Henley and it's uh, made from recycled tree bark, upcycled cotton and uh, I'm upcycled uh, recycled plastic bottles and spandex and um, incredibly soft and also has UPF 50 characteristics that have been woven into it. So sun protection is a huge thing now. Um, and so we wanted to create a good, really good looking shirt that also offered some sun protection and also made out of sustainable materials. So we'll continue to, to iterate and launch new products, but that's kind of um, how we're thinking about it. Did you say recycled bark? Yeah, tree bark. It's called tensile. So why does it need to be recycled? I, I'm filming in on that process. What is what? Well, so, I mean, like, how can you recycle bark? Oh, it's upcycled. So basically, it's not recycled. It's upcycled tinsel, which is created from uh, tree from tree bark. That's how it's. Oh, okay. Um, so, like tinsel you put on Christmas trees. Uh, it's called tinsel with an e. Oh, okay. So I'd love to hear just because we don't always get to interview sibling entrepreneurs or sibling owners. Um, tell us any funny stories you guys have had in the dynamic of brother sister relationship during this process. Yeah, pretty great dynamic. You know, yeah. we have we have very different skill sets, um, complement each other's skills well, um, and, and weaknesses as well as um and uh, you know, it's funny, we don't really fight very often. Um it was when we were in college, I was a senior and she was a freshman and um we would work we had like ten minute iterations in between classes that we could work on Fair Harbor together in, in one of the science buildings and I just remember we would sit there and it was it was awesome. I don't know. We're good friends. Do you have, do you have any Yeah, well even during it's funny <laughs> <laughs> even when we launched a Kickstarter campaign, it was during finals week, my freshman year and Jake's senior year. Yeah. And it was absolute chaos. But I think just having the support of each other and knowing that we can trust each other. Um and we ultimately lean on each other for both business and personal um, I think it just has really strengthened our relationship. And it also shows that um, we really do need a village to create what we're building right now. And our family has been 
an amazing support system. Um, we actually, up until last September, we shipped everything out of our garage, which is oh, right nice. <laughs> and um, our parents have been helping out in the shipping department, our younger sister with trunk shows and shipping. Um, so we really do. It's been a full family effort that we're really. Oh, that's cool. How, how old is your younger sister? She's actually a junior at Colgate right now. She's so. she she going to come right. in with, she going to come in with a minority stake in the, uh, in the business. When she graduates. <laughs> I think, you know, the, the door is always open for her. If she wants yeah. to stop. I think she has some other, uh, other options she wants to pursue in social work. Um, gotcha. You know, yeah, cool. But, um, yeah, she's definitely an integral part of our team though. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love it. I love it. Is there any, <laughs> any huge wins? I mean, you talked about like, or any other funny stories you talked about the Guatemala shipping experience, but any other, just those big wins that you were just like, man, that was such an epic, whatever event or showing or whatever it was that really sticks out. You know, there's so many ups and downs throughout this whole process. It's been, you know, incredibly exciting. You know, I always love to say that entrepreneurship is like jumping off of a cliff. Um, and building a plane on the way down. Um, <laughs> that's good. I like and, it. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of like what it is. You know, we're we're fly. We're a four person team, but you know, we're we're growing super quickly, um, and we're able to do that by outsourcing and by you know using leveraging consultants and, and things of that nature. Um, I don't know. I think I just I like how we built the company in terms of how we bootstrapped it and how we um, you know shipped everything out of our parents' house. I think last year Caroline alluded to it, but. Um, we had 15,000 units get delivered to our parents' driveway. Um, and, uh, you know, when you order 15,000 units on paper, you don't really know what it's <laughs> going to look like in yeah. the physical aspect yeah. of it. We thought we were going to be able to pack it all into our parents' house and it gets here <laughs> on like an afternoon, on a Friday afternoon and eight full pallets of, wow. of clothing. And we looked at each other and like, holy shit, what are we going to do? And yeah. so we ran over to U-Haul, got a U-Haul, packed it all in there. Um, so it was intense. You know, we've, it's been a fun journey. And um, there's, you know, there's countless stories of, of you know, funny Friday nights and Saturday nights, packing boxes and things like that. I, yeah, even last summer and the summer before that, when we were still shipping out of our parents' garage, our parents really allowed us to not only use their garage, but their entire house as our office space. And we've had like 10 and 15 interns at a time running around packing boxes. Oh, some man. guys are parents, but in a hot tub, like oh Christmas yes. ago, some of them are in the hot tub. Some of them are grilling. We're just testing out the shorts in the hot tub. Yeah. We're still in the closet. I remember we were having like a conversation outside on our, we have like a table on our deck and we're just having a conversation with one of our interns mid conversation. He just takes off his shirt and just, goes into the hot tub like, <laughs> like nothing happened it was literally just, just continuing the conversation with yeah. and during that same during that same moment though another guy goes and he's like i'll be right back and you want to grab my steak and i was like jack what, what are you doing he's like oh yeah i brought brought a marinated steak to throw oh, on your grill for lunch only would have been what is going on right now well, i think the beach vibe is coming through that's yeah, with the company sure. yeah <laughs> that's great but ultimately you know we believe that all of our customers and all of our employees are really family and anyone who's a part of our company is we feel comfortable inviting them over for a Sunday night barbecue. And we really do believe that through and through our customers and our employees are our family. Um, and so I think that's kind of come through on many different occasions, good or bad or whether or not our mom, <laughs> mom liked it. But. Yeah. And one thing I think we haven't touched on that I wanted to at least kind of hear how that goes is you can send in your old shorts and you guys will turn them into new shorts. So not quite new shorts. So it's called our 
our round trip initiative. Um, okay. And so, you know, people, we, we always got this thing and, and we would hear from, you know, women or moms or even, even guys that, but it was mostly from women. who's like, <laughs> I hate my husband's swimsuit. He's had the same swimsuit for the last <laughs> 10 years. Um, it's terrible. Like I'd love to get him something new and like, all right, well, what happens to that old swimsuit? Um, and, and also a, a funny story. Um, we, we have um, a, a great partnership with Untuck It, which is a brand. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking to the CEO, and he loves what we're doing with the recycled plastic bottle thing. Um, and um, he was telling his son, who I think was eight at the time, about our product. And and he's like, oh, it's so awesome what Fair Harbor does. They convert plastic bottles into into swimwear. Can you imagine? Can you actually imagine that these are made from recycled plastic bottles? They're so soft. His son is like, yeah, that's great. But Fair Harbor is only borrowing the plastic bottles. They're only they're, What happens to the shorts after you're done with them? And uh, that made me think, I was like, what yeah. does happen to them afterwards? And so um, we created this program called the Round Trip Initiative. And so what we'll do is any customer or anybody who wants to recycle their old swimwear, we'll send you a prepaid shipping label. Um, and then for every swimsuit up to t- up to um, up to five swimsuits, we'll send you $5 per. Um, and what we do is we have a partner called Turi Wear who takes the swimsuits and then they, um, they do multiple things. Either they can... Um, sanitize the product and and um, redistribute it or what they do is if it's too far gone if it's you know been used too many times they chop up the pieces and break down the fibers and make it into other products um, such as carpet such as um, insulation they can also convert it into other um, fabrics very cool that's cool yeah i like the upcycle side of things is uh you know important with all of our uh, one-use plastics out there. So I, I love that you guys are taking something that you wouldn't think that you could recycle some shorts. So mm-hmm. very cool. Thanks. Awesome. Well, and as far as people, if they want to find out where to buy shorts from you guys, what, what is your guys' website? It's uh, so visit fairharborclothing.com or fairharborswim.com. Both okay, work. we'll put that in the show notes for uh-huh. people as well. And social media awesome. platforms, all the same, Fair Harbor or is it Fair Harbor Clothing? Yeah. It's just Fair Harbor, F-A-I-R, Harbor. Okay, perfect. Well, you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. Um, I think that you can definitely inspire a whole nother generation of entrepreneurs out there of just thinking outside the box. And, you know, like we kind of touched on earlier, that allows you to do something that you're passionate about, which is great. Well, thank you so much. This has been an awesome afternoon talking with you both. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Our pleasure. If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Have you heard of light therapy? What about photobiomodulation? A fancy way of saying light therapy. Or stem cell activation. That's right. I said stem cells. The big buzzword in health that no one can afford. Well, you can afford it now. Head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and click on LifeWave. They offer a 30 day money back guarantee. You can't beat that. So head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and get started today.